Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. So the president finally going to the border. He's going to be in Arizona today, Wait, right? He's going to be in a border state. What? He's going to Phoenix today. Um, but he's not going down to the border. Why? Well, I, Peter Ducey from Fox News actually got to ask the president why he's not going to the border. And he actually told the truth. Okay, that's good. Roll it. Let's have it. There's a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. <laughs> so, There's more important things going on they're going than to our country being invaded? dollars in a new enterprise. Yeah. Th- this has to do with the CHIPS Act, right? They're, they're breaking ground on some facility or something, and so he's going to go down and say, see, it's because of the CHIPS Act, which I just learned last week had nothing to do with Fritos, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're investing millions of dollars. Never mind that we've had a record number of deaths, literal deaths at the border in the last year. Never mind that we've had a record number of uh, law enforcement encounters, a record number of known gotaways, and a record number of people on the terror watch list coming in through our southern border. Don't worry about any of that. We got bigger things to do, like cutting ribbons. Unbelievable, man. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'll be the first today. Imagine... Just switch presidents. Yeah, I know. A Republican president with a crisis like we have at the border goes to Arizona. No, nope, more important things going on today. Nope. Sorry, not going to have time for that. Because the more important thing going on, they're going to. Yeah. I, I, you don't even really have to uh, have to hype, make that a hypothetical. I mean, it, <laughs> remember the coat that Melania Trump wore that says, <laughs> I don't care to you or whatever on the back? Yeah, that was a scandal for the president. That was that was Donald Trump's administration saying they don't care about kids in cages at the border. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this now you got the president. I, when I say he told the truth, at least what I mean is he, he's telling the truth as he sees it. He's yeah. being honest. He yeah. doesn't care about what's happening at the border. In fact, Democrats think it's a good thing because they actually do see a pathway to getting more control in the halls of power in Washington, D.C. by unchecked migration. That is true. It's so frustrating, man. They're not doing their jobs. I'm stating the obvious. I mean, that's treasonous. I mean, all these words that get thrown around so often, all of a sudden, they really mean something. Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, I've said he should be in jail. It's an invasion. Democratic voters are against this. Of course, independents and Republicans are against this. It's not the will of the people. Well, he told it's us it's about the... a political party keeping control. Yeah, forever. He told us the border was closed. Imagine what would happen if it was open. No kidding. Oh yeah, it's secure. Yeah, imagine what yeah. it's like when it's not, not secure. secure. Holy smokes! Goodness gracious, man! This is the United States of America, for God's sake! Yeah, yes, protected. Okay. And now we also find out, hey, when we rig an election, 
when the Biden team gets together with big tech to suppress a story so that we can win? All right, just stop griping and moaning about that. All right, that's old news. (laughs) Now it's just a distraction to even bring it up. Yeah. Very interesting stuff here. The so-called Twitter files have landed describing the efforts of Twitter to censor the story that ties Joe Biden or tied Joe Biden to his son's corrupt business deals overseas. Uh, Now, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked for a reaction to this development. And boy, she's not very good at this on her best days. But I do think the one thing and I've pointed this out before, I do think she actually has a shred of her soul and personal dignity left in her that makes her speak in circles when she knows that she's not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And there's that fragment of self-respect, dignity and a soul that's fighting her at every step. Hmm. So there's something within her still noble. Yes. Maybe she'll win the Nobel Prize. (laughs) Maybe. The generic Nobel. Yeah. All right, let's hear what she had to say. So, look, we see this as an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, That is a a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, And uh, at the same time... Your voters don't even know about it. Old news. It's fresh to those people. Are you kidding me? And uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform, and uh, how they're letting it happen. What is happening? It's it's not. It's, it's frankly, it's not healthy. It won't do anything to help a single American. Do you know the amount of child porn that's been on Twitter for years, Kareen? No. That they're actually doing something yeah. about now? Yeah, finally. Instead of the supposed hate that you always speak of? Holy smokes. A single American improve their lives. And so, look, this is, we, we see this as an interesting, uh, you, know, cons, uh, you know, coincidence. Uh, and, uh, we, and, you know, it's a distraction. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like her soul in my mind is there in her torso and it's like tinkerbell dying and people just have to clap to bring her back okay come on you can hear him you can hear the soul trying to come back to life yeah i don't know man the longer she stays in that place the her hope is going down more and more every day you know how much we had to hear about attacks on democracy and how democracy itself was at risk this election. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Trying to save democracy, whatever. Okay, you have legacy media along with these tech companies and Democrats all together suppressing real stories. Won't let them get out to the voting public. What bigger threat to democracy is there than that? Seriously. Oh, I know. Threat to democracy and norms. Well, democracy was on the ballot, if you remember. The government, with the help of Democrats and media and big tech, rigged the election. You can't say it didn't happen. It did. 
there's the proof if you didn't know it before. And now it's just, well, this is just a little distraction. Yeah. I'm sorry, the way she would say it. And it's just a distraction. <laughs> distraction, if you will. Gosh, dang, man. She is that person. I love it whenever she throws if you will yeah. in there. Because yeah, right, that's right. like her attempt to sound somewhat intelligent. Just more words. It's a it's a distraction, if you will. You will. <laughs> because I'm an intelligent person in terms of speech, if you will. Right. Golly, man. These people should be so ashamed. I mean, constantly, just from their past. Think about the story about Michael Avenatti. The creepy porn lawyer. <laughs> yeah. He got sentenced again. You had yeah. people saying, this guy, he could be the next president. This guy's for, yeah. for, for real, a player. Yeah, 14 years in prison, which will be uh, served after his current five-year term is up. This had to do with him uh, defrauding clients from other cases back in California. I mean, remember, this guy, I mean, he, he was in trouble for stealing money from Stormy Daniels, the, the yep. porn star who was talking about Donald Trump in an affair. Um also, he tried to extort Nike for $25 million <laughs> yeah. in, like, yeah. one of the yes. worst attempts at a shakedown I've ever seen. Yeah, that dude really started to believe his own hype yeah. and thought he could take on Nike. Well, well, it was so funny, too, because he says, hey, you know, hey, it's Michael Avenatti, Nike. Uh, if you don't give me $25 million, I'm going to tell people that you were uh, paying college players to promote your shoes and whatnot. And Nike's like... Uh, okay, hold on a second. Um, can, can you call back and say those exact same words in five minutes? <laughs> they get the FBI on the line, and the FBI's like, right. okay, we got him. All right, <laughs> open and shut case. And in this case, uh, he wound up defrauding multiple people out of millions of dollars. I mean, there was one client that lost $2 million so we could buy a, a private jet. And then another, there was a paraplegic, or yeah, a paraplegic um, that he stole from, stole the settlement money from, uh, in order to invest in his coffee business with that dude from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, that was a twist, wasn't it? That was a twist. So now he's got 14 years in prison to be served on top of the current uh, sentences that he is serving now. And like you said, never forget the shamelessness here. How many people in national media treated this guy? Like he was a hero. He was going to be the guy who took down Donald Trump and might be president someday. Oh, let's relive that again. Michael Avenatti is laying down the law. Let's talk to somebody who understands the system very well. Mm. Michael Avenatti. You guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, that Trump is afraid of you. Michael Avenatti is a beast. I think of him as in a Justice League with Robert Mueller to save our democracy. <laughs> the best, man. The Justice League. And is he really thinking about running for president? Did the president just get a new challenger for 2020? Look at the field of Democrats right now, and Avenatti's the one who stands People out. People would be foolish to underestimate Michael yeah. Avenatti. I'm taking you seriously as a contender because of your presence on cable news. It's interesting how many of those people have actually lost their jobs. I know. <laughs> and the ones that still have them shouldn't have them. Right. <laughs> That's Great. The Justice League. Yeah. Yes. With Robert Superman, Mueller. Green Lantern, creepy porn lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the best. It'll be a while before I figure out my favorite. It was either that or... Look at the field of Democrats right now, and Avenatti's the one who stands out. People... Oh, with Blabber when they... 
Hey, Hooper. <laughs> it sounds like yes, David mocking a dorky kid. <laughs> I got my Avenatti Justice League Funko Pop. <laughs> you know who just stole millions in COVID relief funds? Was it a Chinese hacker? <laughs> I'd say yes. We'll get to that much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. China hacks a lot. Yeah, they, they did it again. They like doing that. Yeah, They're good at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a group of hackers linked to the Chinese government stole at least twenty million dollars in U.S. COVID relief benefits, including uh, small business administration loans and unemployment insurance funds, in over a dozen states. And it was pretty much as soon as these funds were distributed under the Trump administration, these uh, Chinese hackers decided, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take some of that. (laughs) Now, the Justice Department is saying, we don't know for sure that they were acting at the behest of the Chinese government. Please, come on. Jeez. Why are we such pansies when it comes to China? The other thing, all these Chinese hackers are sitting around saying, man, we put so much work into this. All we had to say was we were at war with Russia and the U.S. would have given us billions. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, they went the hard way. I know. Been doing it that way for a while. I know it's very complicated with China, and there's a lot of Chinese money in our media. There is. In a lot of American businesses. I understand Mm it. And... Well, I think it was a surprise to a lot of people how close we worked with the Chinese on things like research with viruses and such, mm-hmm. if yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole Fauci thing with China and always apologizing. And, and don't be too quick to criticize China. Shut up. Right. By the way, did you see some of the stuff that came out of that big, long, seven-hour deposition? Last month? Yes. With Fauci? Yes. One being that Fauci's daughter worked at Twitter? Yeah, until a year ago. <laughs> Holy smokes! And now she works for this Soros-backed bunch that tries to recruit young liberals. Mm-hmm. You don't say. That's her gig now. Yeah. Hmm. I am not political. Why would you ever suspect that? Dude, have you ever watched any of the documentaries on Fauci? It's one of those things that you would have to see. I mean, (laughs) you have no doubt who the guy is. And I understand when someone makes a documentary that they have a certain narrative that they're playing to. There are things that you just cannot argue with that are fact that tells you exactly who this guy is and who he has always been. And all you hope is that it all comes out. You know, well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, he was a highly paid bureaucrat. And nobody, the highest knew, paid. nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew what he did. And then COVID came and all of a sudden you're exposed. You know, I mean, without that, we would have never known any of this stuff. I know it sounds so simple to put it in these terms again, but I do feel like we have the whole country of people that don't know anything about cars. And all of our cars broke down at one time and we had to take it to the one guy that could fix it. And you just have to trust him. And that was Fauci. <laughs> right. And he took us for a ride. Right. And charged us a whole lot of stuff. Well, it turns out I didn't need that fifth wheel on my SUV. (laughs) No, you didn't. Weird. 
Strange that way, isn't it? And my Johnson rod was fine. <laughs> Excuse me? There's a pill for that. Yeah. Clear it right up. Yeah. You know what? And I'm going to take that part of the conversation and shift it somewhere else. Because you probably saw in the news, actress Kirstie Alley passed away. Yes. Okay. You were talking about some of the people online oh, God. that were saying it was a good thing because she lied about COVID and oh, masks. I'll tell you what. I, I got to flush, flush this out a little bit, but we can do this coming up here in a couple of minutes if you want to. Okay. I've got, I've got quite the thread here if you want to go through it. Yeah. So they're saying it was Kirstie Alley that was lying about vaccines and masks. Yes, and she deserves and, what she got, essentially. Yes. Okay. You can't dispute that Fauci lied about masks. No. He knew he was lying yeah. about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we can get to that thread. He did. It's, it's brutal, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know Kirstie Alley was sick. I, I don't cancer. think anybody did. It yeah. was pretty, very short. Pretty quick. Yeah. 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 It was colon rectal. 71 years old. Yep. And so when you think of Kirstie Alley, what's the first show you think of? Or Cheers. Movie? Yeah, Cheers is the first that comes to mind. Yes, I think that is for most people. And look who's talking after that. And I guess because I was a fan at the time. Does anyone remember the movie that came out in 84 with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons of Kiss? Oh, what was a sci-fi I, I runaway. Saw, yeah, I saw that movie. Kirstie Alley was in that movie. So yeah. I always think of that movie. <laughs> First, have you even seen that movie? David? Did you, have you ever heard of it? No, I had never. Well, the it. acting skills of Gene Simmons are on full display in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey. I assume oh, it, yeah. that means it's perfect. It is right? perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm guessing it's one of those movies that, as I remember watching it, what would I have been? Seventeen, eighteen? Oh yeah. That at the time it was all right. It wasn't like embarrassing. It was pretty good. Didn't they have those electronic bugs in this thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about robots taking over the world. Yeah. It might be timely. But, I mean, it's 84, so, I mean, as right, far as, right, yeah. you know, any special effects, I don't think they're top shelf. Right. I remember it being not too bad, but I have the feeling if you go back and watch it, it's probably not going to stand the test of time. I don't know. She tweeted about it, like, seven years ago. It's like, oh, I'm cracking up. I'm watching an old movie I did with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons. Great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, we'll get to uh, your story with all of the... Uh, Complaints. Unbelievable, man. Okay. Um, and Loudoun County, Virginia. Dude, actively suppressed a rape on campus. You won't believe this story next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial. The sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Mm -hmm. Dude, David, this story out of Loudoun County. Man. You, you knew it was bad. Yeah. It gets worse. Well, one, one of the big stories in the battle for education happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, where a girl was raped by a dude who wears skirts, and the district covered it up. We kind of knew that already. Actually, not kind of. We knew that already. Yeah. And, in fact, they wound up arresting the victim's dad because he caused a scene at a school board meeting after district officials denied that anyone had been 
raped in a bathroom. He says, no, my daughter was, actually. Um, well, we have an update from the Daily Wire, uh, which initially broke the story. Uh, and as the story goes, days before the rape occurred, a teacher's aide wrote to the department chair that the assailant in this case has, quote, come into class more than once with his arm around a girl's neck. I've caught him sitting on other girls' laps several times. I wouldn't want to be held accountable if some, someone should get hurt. But school officials accused the teacher's aide of transphobia because the dude was wearing a skirt. Her boss questioned her true motivation, and an assistant principal questioned whether the author of the email had followed proper protocol. And then days later, he raped a girl in a bathroom. During the rape itself, another teacher's aide walked into the bathroom, saw that two students were in a stall together, and then walked out of the bathroom. Holy smokes, man. According to the report, and again, some of this does get graphic. I, I should have said that starting off. According to the report, the girl was lying on the bathroom floor while the skirt-wearing boy stood over her. And the teacher's aide And the teacher's aide saw that yes. and decided, and well, left. I'll just walk out. Uh, and then the victim's father that day uh, came to the school, and they called the cops on him and then offered counseling to any students who had to watch the police uh, take him away. <laughs> And then Stop. sent an email to parents saying that the only threat on campus that day was the angry father. That was it. I remember this. And this entire wow. time, the rapist was actually on the loose for several hours. And the district was more worried about filing a restraining order against the victim's dad. Um, now, the chief operating officer arrived at the scene and immediately wrote that the incident uh, is, was related to policy 8040. That's the policy that the school board was trying to pass about trans kids using whatever bathroom and locker room they want. And they said, well, obviously this just has to do with someone who was upset that there was a kid wearing a skirt in the girl's uh, bathroom. Um, and then, of course, you know, they the, the, the school system itself never punished the rapist. The legal system did. The legal system initially said, well, he's got to go to a different school. Clearly, right? And this is even crazy. Yeah, let him do it somewhere else. Yeah, and he did. And we knew that part that he had assaulted someone else. Golly. But I guess we didn't know how many incidents of, I guess, uh, sexually depraved behavior was seen, which the superintendent knew about. He uh, knew about it. Yeah. Now, the victim, who was actually sexually assaulted by this dude called the cops instead of talking to her principal because she was afraid that the principal would lecture her for not wearing a mask. <laughs> Boy, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. This is an incredible story. And the, uh, the, It really is. So the incredible. grand jury has, has said now, uh, you know, if, it, basically there are some legal roadblocks, but they said, you know, we would like to basically charge everyone with some sort of crime for covering this up. But apparently should. that wasn't presented to them. I mean, you're the superintendent. You've known about this is happening, and it has happened several times, and you just allow it to go on? There's no charges for that? That's crazy. Well, this is the problem with lack of confirmation of trans. There, there isn't one. You just say you are, and you are. Yes, it's insane. It's insane. 
No, it shouldn't be allowed to no. happen in school. If you just say you are, you are. Correct. And we have to accommodate for you because you say you are. Yes. There's no way to prove this unless the transition surgery has already taken place. Which it should never take place but at I mean, that age. The, this goes right, beyond exa- that. No, it, I know it does, but it's like this is insanity. It's, it yes, starts from the there start. and then just moves on from there. But criminal activity. Unbelievable. And you're looking the other way because you're afraid of hurting the feelings of this person that identifies as trans. Yes. And that person knows it. Yes. And continues to do, do whatever anyway. he wants to do. Whenever. Yes. Without fear of any sort of retribution at all. And my goodness, you would think if you ever get to the point where you're one of the leaders there to say, okay, we gave this a shot. Yeah, this isn't working. With this trans thing, we were done. We, we got to do be this done. anymore. If this doesn't do it, nothing will. And I don't think that it will. And at some point, it comes to, well, I guess if your kids are going to that school district, you're going to have to pull them out yep. and find out another place to go because you can't protect your kid. They've proven it. They're not going to help you. No. It is. It's one of the most disgusting stories that you'll see. And I'm glad they're following up on it. Gosh, dang. Because people should know that. You think the friggin' Today Show or Good Morning America is going to cover that? Oh, no. Not at all. Are you kidding? Because they don't want to be called transphobic. Which is really, if you follow, cowards. if you follow their logic, that actually is incredible, incredibly transphobic to assume that all trans people are going to rape people. Yeah. yeah, and if you told people, well, this one trans person did rape someone in a bathroom, then you automatically assume that you're giving the message that every person who is confused about their gender identity is a rapist. Well, if whether it's NBC, ABC, whoever, just did their job and report the news. Let people react however they're going to react. This well, is what that. happened, but they won't do it. No. Because well, it's not about news. It would cut down it's on the deals and deals segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Yeah. All right, we got to move on. You know what it's time for. I would say it's not the biggest one. It just made me laugh a little bit. Well, that's what this whole segment's for. Rudy Giuliani is facing a disciplinary hearing in D.C. for his legal work with Donald Trump. And as they were going to break, I mean, Rudy Giuliani, man, uh, kind of a fall from grace, really, because, I mean, you go from America's mayor to this, like, shuffling old drunk with your hair melting and all that stuff. And gosh, man, it's just, it's sad to me watching this happen. You know, I never knew anybody like Rudy Giuliani until the last like three or four years. Now I know a lot of people like Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) (laughs) Stumbling and drunk. Now, as they were going to a break during this conference call, uh, he said something that caught a lot of people's attention. Do I have this? You do. Okay. I'm sorry, man. I'm still thrown off by Loudoun County. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Roll it. Here it is. So I'm at a good place to stop, Mr. Chair. Thank you. You know I have two watches on. What is that? He rolls up his sleeve and says, do you know I have two watches on? (laughs) Guy had two watches on. Oh, no. Uh Huh? Huh? You know I have two watches 
How'd he didn't happen? know he had two watches on? Apparently he didn't know he had two watches on. Oh. How does that happen? The breakfast of Chevis and Pop-Tarts. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. That's just... It's sad. It gets sadder. Yeah, it does. Come on, Rudy. You got time to turn it around, dude. All right, Scott, what's your story? Well, we uh, we were talking earlier about Kirstie Alley passing away at the age of 71 and some of our favorite things that we saw her in, and Cheers comes to mind right away. But uh, there was a lot of tributes that were being paid yesterday to Kirstie Alley, people who'd worked with her and knew her and were friends with her. It was very nice. But then again, we had the left. We had the freaky left who decided they're going to weigh in as well. You know, and it's interesting because wasn't uh, Jean-Claude Pierre Van Damme, whatever, talking about uh, hatred online, online hate? Yeah, I think people on the left have spoken about hate many times. Well, the people on the left have spoken out in their lovely tributes. Uh, Kirstie Alley is dead. She was great and drop-dead gorgeous. She was okay in Cheers. She was also a QAnon MAGA-supporting Scientology lunatic who pushed every COVID-19 conspiracy she could. Peace out. Nice. Oh, it goes on from there. Was she a Scientologist? I didn't yeah. know yeah, that. she was. Okay. Uh, that kind of, like, that kind of destroyed her. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, she helped Did she ever get out of it, or no. she died no, a Scientologist? No, devoted Scientologist. Devoted oh, okay. Scientologist was how it all ended. I just learned that. I'm going to ignore Kirstie Alley's regrettable life choices so I can virtue signal to my followers how good of a person I am. Hey, I enjoy films too, but she was a Scientologist mega nut, a desperate former celebrity socialite clinging to fame like a branch in a hurricane. No, the thread here is not so much that she was a Scientologist as that she leaned like to the right. She, <laughs> was, she liked Trump. I do not feel bad for that Trump support that Trump supporting QAnon believing Ukraine war is maybe fake saying mass shootings are due to too much therapy. Kirstie Alley died. She sucked. And it's wow. sad for her and her family, but she still sucked. Lovely, these people. Full of love, aren't they? So, Scott, bringing the love for what's your story today. Thank well, you. Well, I wanted to do this because, after all, we're accused of, you know, being hate, uh, you know, uh, just playing in that trade all the time. And, uh, of course, not us. Well, sometimes us. Okay. I've been wished death upon several times. Well, sure. That's part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My story today is something we didn't have time for yesterday. And it was a piece from the Wall Street Journal asking, where did young male workers go? God, I saw this story. The Labor Department's November jobs report said certainly didn't make the Federal Reserve's anti-inflation task any easier. Strong job and wage growth suggest demand for workers still exceeds the supply and inflation is still too high. So they go through the stats of what's going on and they come to the problem is people can't find enough workers. The civilian labor workforce on the household survey shrank by 186,000 last month, while the participation rate ticked down um, a little bit to 62.1. They're saying it's not the result of more baby boomers retiring, as it's talked about so often. Mm-hmm. Labor force participation among males, 25 to 54, has slid to 88.4% from 89.3% before the pandemic. And don't blame long COVID. The decline is most pronounced among young men. Labor participation among males ages 20 to 24 has fallen 1.7 percentage points since January 2020. And just 0.5 for those ages 45 to 54. So what's the culprit? 
It might be generous COVID transfer payments. As it says, a recent Federal Reserve report estimated that U.S. households as of mid-2022 were sitting on $1.7 trillion in excess savings, which means above savings they'd have if consumer spending and income had grown at pre-pandemic trends. A big reason is federal stimulus payments, child tax credits, and more. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll just hang out. Food stamp uh, beneficiaries are receiving, on average, $227 per month, twice as much before the pandemic. Student loan payments have been waived, which saved the average borrower $12,800. Yeah. Eh, I don't really need to work. Mm. I don't need that job. This is the problem. I know. I don't understand it. I mean, I've said this before. And I'll say it again. And I realize I'm the oldest guy on this show. Yes. I'm probably going to sound like the oldest guy on this show when I say this. But growing up, the guy who was able to and didn't work was referred to as a freaking bum. Yes. That guy's a bum. I can hear it in my dad's head. Yeah. Never worked a damn day in his life. He's a bum. There was some shame attached to it. Yes. And I realize now in this the time we live in, well, we can't attach shame to anything. It can be shameful. Mm. But you know what? I think it kept a lot of guys from doing the same thing. Well, shame is a pretty powerful motivator. See, yeah. David, I agree with you. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like if you're if you're on hard times, and I I might be the only person on this show who's actually been on government assistance in the past. Mm-hmm. But look, it, it it is something that should be kind of shameful. Like if it's there, take advantage of it while you need the help. It's supposed to be that hand up, not the yep. hand out, all that stuff. But we have turned it into this thing where, yeah, you can just kind of do whatever you want and you don't have to contribute to society whatsoever. We'll take it. Yes. And that's disgraceful. There should be some shame attached to it. I don't disagree. I'm right there with you. That was my story to bring up. But it was. I mean, it was. there was shame attached to it. Well, if if you were times... a man and you were an able-bodied man and you didn't work for a living, yeah. But now, if you're around that age, you're like, why... Why would you? Yeah. He's beating the system. Why go work some job when somebody else will pay you just to stay home? Yep. It's crazy. All right. Much more to get to. Oh, Hertz rental cars. They had to pay a lot of money out. Wait till you hear the story. This is wild. Straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Maybe you remember the story from a year or so ago when word came out that there were customers of Hertz rental cars that were being accused of rental vehicle theft. Yeah. They're getting pulled over by the cops. Hey, you stole the car. No, I didn't. Guns drawn. I didn't steal it. I'm yeah, renting it. Yeah, yes, what I do remember. What are you talking about? Yeah. And they were legit. Yes. They had legitimately rented the cars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But Hertz was saying, nope, stolen. These cars are stolen. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, there was talk of lawsuits. Hertz is now slated to pay a total of $168 million. It's mm-hmm. part of settlement agreements in connections to these allegations. This is wild for some of the people, man. Oh, again, yeah. Again, you're just driving along going, what? Here's my license or whatever. Yeah, you don't. You don't have the right to be in this car. No, here's the rental. No, I, it was reported stolen. Uh, 
I don't know what to tell you. But they've got a whole new CEO and, you know, person's trying to say the right things. We're rectifying the situation. We've got priority now for our customers. We've put in policies that will <laughs> mitigate the risk of this happening ever again. <laughs> mitigate the risk. And then he says, if not, remove. <clears throat> you better remove the chance. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd prefer to not be hauled off to jail just for driving a rental car. Yes. Jeez. Wild. I don't know what. Man, I rent, the last car I think I rented was a Dodge Charger. That was fun. Nice. Trying to pull me over? Let's see what you got in her. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Be very responsible. Oh, we still got to get a story. A nurse stole a kid's Adderall, replaced it with aspirin. You're kidding! Oh, this is the Marty Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. Uh, Joe Biden visiting the border. Well, no, no, he's in Arizona. Arizona. He's close, but there's a lot more important things going on. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, there's more important things going on than the border crisis. So he's going to go cut a ribbon somewhere and give a little speech instead of actually visiting. I don't know the site of the crisis that he has created. Uh, but but the reality is they don't have to. They don't have to go and tour the border. They don't have to admit they've screwed this up because no one's going to hold them accountable for it. And it's exactly what they wanted to do. It, right. So it's whatever. The plan is working. I don't, I don't really care what some guys on the right or on Fox News or whatever, or I don't know, the people who actually live in these communities that are being impacted. Don't, I don't care what they have to say about it. What does yeah. it matter? long as legacy media continues to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like it's not even there. Yeah, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, hey, why, why is he not going to the border to see what's really happening there? And she says, well, that's not the real question to ask. What are congressional Republicans going to do to actually deal with this issue? Uh, instead of doing political stunts, uh, many of their political stunts that hurt families, that hurt kids, that hurt children, right? That hurt people who are who are coming here uh, to try to uh, seek asylum. Um, oh God! Yeah, we beat that dead horse enough. Asylum seekers, all the dudes that are coming from around the world yes. because they know that they can get in. Yes. What was the last percentage we saw? I know it was less than 10, hinting on, I think, below 5% that would actually even be able to apply for asylum in their situation. Oh, it's extremely low. So that's just another blatant lie. Yes. And here's the thing. I hate it that she could just stand there and go, the Republicans, what are they doing? Honestly, talk about the question. It, that has nothing to do with anything. It's your job to protect the border. Yeah. Yeah. You're the president. Well, what are Republicans going to do? Secure the border. They won't do it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how often I can 
honestly get angry hearing this, knowing that it's going to happen. It's Nothing's going to change. Same tired, oh my out of gas arguments they've been making since the start. Mm. Um, leaving a, a uh, you know, leaving a dictatorship instead of going what? to the border and talking about, uh, you know, uh, about uh, things that not going to actually deliver uh, and keep our border safe. Why don't they work with us? Why don't they? <laughs> on what? Yeah, yeah on oh yeah, gosh. exactly, David. On what? On what? What are we working on? David, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Do you grab these clips just to get a rise out of Scott and I? Yeah, a little bit, yes. Okay. Well, bingo. Winner. David's just over there with his, you know, index finger out, just ping, 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 pushing the button. He's so tired of it. The same out of gas argument they've been making since the start. And she could do it in 22 seconds, but it takes her 50 to say it. Why don't they actually do something? Why don't they actually, uh, you know, help the president uh, get the funding that that he requested, historic funding? The funding? Oh, everything's about funding. Everything is. Everything. To uh, into homeland, into the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, That's one way of doing that. Uh, But again, they're playing political games and doing political stunts. (laughs) He just can't. I mean, she lies for a living. I get it. Homeland Security was investing money in a misinformation czar. Yes. Protect the border, you moron. Gosh dang, man. Who was it that said this the other day? We are living in a world that is run by cowards. Oh, it's John Dutton. It was Yellowstone. (laughs) But he was right when he said it. It's all the cowards got together because this, honestly, should never have to be put up with by the people that elect people to do the job no. of not giving answers. It's so friggin' frustrating. All right. Where's the Tylenol? Uh, next up. Oh, I heard this earlier today. Uh, the president is going to be meeting with the president of Canada, your buddy, David. Oh, yeah. Fidel Castro's illegitimate son, Justin Trudeau. Along with the president of Mexico. And apparently they're going to be talking about trade. And word is they're going to be talking about the root causes. No, 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 they're not. (laughs) I'm not joking. Are you serious? I'm serious. Because they they just what are the root causes of people leaving these countries? What do you think it is? Well, You want me to tell you what it is? We've gone over it a hundred times. Go ahead. Yeah, because they can come here and get free stuff. Yeah. And their lifestyle is much better than where they're leaving. Well, they're leaving a dictatorship that's brutal. <laughs> and there's a way you can come into this country and do it legally. Yes. And so in the end, what are they really talking about doing? Oh, Giving good. more of our money to El Salvador well, right. and Honduras to clean up their act. Yeah. Do you know how much corruption we have here? Yeah. <laughs> Let's clean that up first. Think about the president and his business dealings in Ukraine and China. How about start there? But no, we're going to keep on playing this root causes nonsense. And legacy media will go right along with it and never ask a question. Like anybody doesn't know this anyway. Yeah, Hunter Biden will be the root out corruption czar. He <laughs> <laughs> was. I can't even remember. How many times did Kamala Harris say root causes in 30 oh, seconds? God. Was it seven? It, Something like I, that. I don't yeah. remember. But it, seven? It was a ton. 
Man, who... Okay, you've got, like, either a sort of quiz game or a spelling bee with Kareem Jean-Pierre and Kamala Harris. Who you got in that one, in that matchup? If it's, if it's a spelling bee, I'd go Kamala Harris. Okay. Quiz game? Oh, man. Well, let me play this first, and then you can decide. What we must do to address the root causes of migration, to address the root causes. The issue of root causes is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight. To feel the effects of those root causes on our shores. And the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala which is why I was there. We have to address the root causes. Okay, a couple things to address real quick. Uh, I would take Kamala in the quiz game and the spelling bee. I would say the quiz game would take like three hours between the two of them. She, I mean, we talk about Green Jean-Pierre taking 50 seconds to say something in 21. Kamala could take something that would take 17 seconds to say, and she could go four minutes. I mean, she's got that craft down, just repeating the phrases and everything else. But the one part of what she said, I'm hearing it in a different way now. And it's the part where she says to feel the effects of those root causes, Mm -hmm. you know, like awful conditions, you know, murders out of control. Yet we're there. Because if you look at Baltimore, Chicago, New York, and compare it to El Salvador... El Salvador is safer. That's a fact. Yeah. So uh, I guess if people want to get out of the city limits of Baltimore, Chicago, or yeah. New York, we should be there to give them a phone and set them up on a bus to wherever they want to go. Because they'd be like refugees, right? Oh, sure. Jeez. It's insanity. And by the way, we're still on that, aren't we? On what? The root causes. That's what Biden's going to talk to the president of Mexico and Trudeau about. Has there been a a final solution to the root causes? Are we still talking about it? Are we still kicking it around? You're still trying to figure it out. It's a fact-finding mission. But Kamala's been real silent, too. I've noticed that lately. They've benched her. Haven't seen much of her anywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's with Miguel Almaguer somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hey, it's that time. Finalist for Time Magazine's 2022 Person of the Year. Oh, Whee! no. Okay. I don't know who's up. You can, uh, you know, just keep a track here and see who you might want to vote for out of their finalists. You've got Chinese President Xi Jinping. Okay. Do you want the descriptor of why? Oh, sure. Uh, this year, he secured an unprecedented third term of General Secretary of China's <laughs> Communist Party. Well, yeah. And has did. tightened his grip on power. Yeah. Uh, I, I think those two are actually the same thing. Yes, they <laughs> I mean, are. It's, yes. It's seizing power is not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, also up, Elon Musk. He in, won last year. In previous years, billionaire Elon Musk has been known mostly for his leadership over electric car company Tesla. However, in recent days, the world's richest man is arguably better associated with his purchase of Twitter and commitment to free speech and transparency on the social media platform. Hmm. Next up, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's riding high after securing a second term as Florida's governor, an election he won by nearly 20 points over his opponent, Charlie Crist. 
considered by many as amongst the most conservative governors in America, seems the most likely challenger to former President Trump for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. Then next, and they'll do this sometimes for the Time Magazine Person of the Year. It's not one person. It's protesters in Iran. Well, that's a little early, isn't it, to be declaring that anything? What do you mean? Well, I mean, the jury's still out whether that's going to hold or not. But, yeah, but they have at least got uh, the Republic there talking yeah. about maybe loosening some of the yeah, well, we'll dress see. code for ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's going to win. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Santa should, but go ahead. Um, one of the most recognizable figures now on the international stage, leading his nation during arguably, arguably its worst crisis since the fall of the Soviet Union. Goes on from there. Also up for uh, person of the year, Representative Liz Cheney. <laughs> for what, losing the primary by 38 points? <laughs> Is that, is that what happened? Made a name for herself as one of the most vocal anti-Trump Republicans, using her membership on the January 6th Congressional Committee as a bullhorn to attack the former president. Oh, gosh. You also have U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen up for Senator, person of the year. Great job. Has presided over an economy plagued by high gas prices and inflation. She previously served as the 15th chair of the Federal Reserve. I, when you're person of the year, isn't it some sort of accomplishment? Well, I mean, she has been wrong a record number of times. <laughs> this is true. I mean, they give awards for doing your job exceptionally poorly. I guess. I, yeah, don't, I know. don't know. Then you have philanthropist Mackenzie Scott. That's Bezos' ex. Well, because she got a bunch of money in divorce settlement and gave it away? Yes. Are you serious? That's yes, why? that's it. A big <laughs> donation to Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, $122 million. Then you have the United States Supreme Court because of its tackling of controversial issues and one David will love, gun safety advocates. Mm-hmm. They're considering uh, giving them the award this year that saw a number of high-profile mass shootings. Mm-hmm. But again, doesn't mention accomplishment or anything no. yeah, just to that. What? That's- so... Who's it going to be? What do you think? I think it's going to be Zelensky. Does anybody want to wager on this? You get no, to the end of the show I, to think about it. I tend to agree. Yeah. I tend to agree as well. No, okay. I know. I hate it. Yeah, I know. I wanted to go with somebody else. It's better when we disagree. I mean, Janet Yellen's got to be the dark horse, though, right? How, for what? <laughs> Great economy. I didn't, I didn't understand inflation. <laughs> and you still have a job. It's unreal. Oh, a great bit called What I Learned from Deposing Fauci is on its way. You don't want to miss that. All right, then. Let's go. Yeah. I knew you wanted this, Scott. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, that Fauci deposition. We'll get to the details of that coming up in a few. Uh, David Van Camp. Unbelievable, the story about Germany. Yeah, so you know how we're, like, pumping billions of dollars into the fight in Ukraine against Russia? And now the we're money standing, we don't have. We're standing shoulder to shoulder with our NATO allies and Western European leaders who are 
in this to win it for Ukraine. I mean, not not necessarily directly, but they'll give all of your money to people in Ukraine and not really ask where that money goes, where the equipment, what's happening with it. We don't really know. It, it doesn't matter. As it, much money as it takes for as long as yes. it takes. Well, Germany is now looking at Uncle Sam cutting checks left and right, and they're saying now, hey, you know how we said we were going to uh, raise our defense spending uh, to at least 2% of our economic output? Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Germany said, no, we're not. We're not, not only for this year are we going to miss that 2% goal, we're not going to get it next year either. Why would they? The United States is their bitch. I mean, they're, the, Joe Biden has made the U.S. Well, then we're not going to give you any protection. Right. <laughs> Golly, you, man. isn't that we so can't frustrating? Go you guys, you pay for this. It's your backyard, dude. It's like, it's like you, you know, you know the reason that uh, Germany is in such dire straits right now economically is because. Uh, well, y- your idiot former chancellor, Angela Merkel, actually helped Russia get all the leverage it has and wants yes. over energy in Europe, particularly in Germany. And now you're not even going to help with the fight. You're, you're like, you know what? The United States has got it. Thanks, Joe Biden, for, for doing Listen, I, I would love, you know, again, for all the craziness that that Donald Trump represents, and I'm not a fan at all of what he's been putting out on so on uh, truth social about like what installing himself as president again all this stuff it's like okay dude trump i would i want him to be leading the negotiations with nato allies in light of what's happening in ukraine because this dude was the only guy who looked at western europe and said you got to pay your fair share or we're not picking up the tab anymore yes it's your protection it's for you I did this for you. Yes, my for God. you, dude. This is the kind of thanks I get. Hey, your band, the Scorpions. You know that wind of change. You know what the wind of change is. We're not giving you a cent. We're done. And you can take that crappy song with you. Give us a rocker. Not that. Wow. At least no one like you. A rocky like a hurricane. Blackout. Oh, that might hit too close to home, this yeah, one. I was just going to say, that may <laughs> really be the wrong choice. Da, 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 da. Well, there are going to be blackouts. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't take care of your own country. No. Whose fault is that? Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story of the day is what? Oh, man, there's a lot. Well, I, to me, it really is the frustration that all of us feel that Joe Biden is literally going to be in a border state but not visiting the border. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Why? Why? Because why there's no present? checks and balances. Who cares? They don't care. <laughs> it is. It's very frustrating, you know. And you have the runoff today in Georgia with Warnock and Walker, and the way legacy media has treated that story is, I mean, just par for the course. It's the way it goes. But there, there is some news to get to on that, and. David, you also got a story about the NHL goalie in trouble for not supporting a Canadian gun grab? Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that much more coming up right here.
Markley Band Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. The Millennial. David Van Camp. The Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. Mm. I feel like somebody may go off this segment. Just a just a feeling I get. Oh. Uh, it might be because of some facts that David Van Camp just stumbled across. Yeah. What do you got there? Well, uh, you know, we're, we're hearing a little bit more behind the scenes kind of stuff that was going on with Dr. Anthony Fauci. There was this big deposition that was seven hours long where they talk about where, you know, he's talking. He's very evasive. You know, what do you mean by blah, 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 blah? He doesn't want to answer for anything. And, you know, one of the big things that he's been criticized for rightfully is the school closures. And in some places that's still on the table. Yes. To, to close schools back down because of yes. the coronavirus. Yes. And he sort of weasels out of it by saying, well, I don't have the power to close down schools. Well, no, but a lot of people were looking for his advice. And, you know, he may have said, well, we got to figure out a way to get kids in school. But then he would always couch it in these terms safely. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right. So a lot of people just heard, let's keep the schools closed then. If it saves just one life. Well, here's... By the way, what happened to all the HVAC systems that was... Well, we're, we're going to get to that. Okay, Scott. thank you. All right. I appreciate it. So there's a new research out. I saw this in the Washington Post. Uh, it talks about the effects, and it, it's all bad. We all knew this was going to happen, and we're going to be untangling this for years, <sighs> but the effects of school closures on children. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationally, adolescent depression and anxiety, which was already at crisis levels before the pandemic, have surged... Really? Uh, And this is the line from the Washington Post. Uh, Even as federal coronavirus relief money has helped schools step up their efforts to aid students, they've also come up short. It's unclear how much money is going to mental health, how long such efforts will last, or if they truly reach those who struggle the most. Now, schools are spending vast sums of their coronavirus relief money on ventilation upgrades and academic specialists. Oh, really? Social-emotional learning. Uh, I'm sure they have a few more administrators coming in, but they're not actually reaching the kids that need to be reached in this situation. Uh, In other research, 45% of high school students were so persistently sad or hopeless that they were unable to engage in regular activities. That is a freaking crisis. If you have that level of depression in young people, in high school students, that is not okay. I know it's pointing out the obvious here, but a lot of us were warning about this as the school closures dragged on and on and on, and yet the monsters in power still did it. And if anybody, like Dan Patrick in Texas, yeah. brought up, hey, if I happen to get it and die, I don't want to die, but I, that would be one thing, but I don't want to sacrifice my grandkids' yeah. future. Boy, he is he is one of many people who is owed a massive apology from people who will never be willing to give it. Oh, they won't give it to him, ever. I remember playing that bit yeah. on the air, and there were some people that thought he was crazy. I'm yeah. like, I, no, I get where he's coming from. Uh, almost one in five high school students surveyed seriously considered suicide. Nine percent uh, actually tried during the previous 12 months. Um, and uh, it's not just school closures. That obviously had a big part to do with it. But uh, family upheaval, nearly 30% of students said an adult in their home had lost a job. 24% said they went hungry for a lack of food. Um, This is unacceptable. 
This is completely unacceptable. Anybody who was advocating for school closures past spring of 2020 should quit. Find a different job because you suck. You are terrible at what you do, and you have caused irreparable harm to an entire generation of students. Okay, I would push back on that slightly to say if you believed everything you were being told, you were doing the best you could do at that time. Uh But the people that were lying to you, that knew they were lying to you, well, they should be in jail. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't agree with that. You, you, if you were advocating for schools to be closed in the fall, throughout the entire fall of 2020. Yeah, by the time the fall rolled around, by the time the fall rolled around, we knew. Yeah. You'd be all right. But you I'm kind of on the David team on this. You had, you, had teachers, you had teachers in Chicago doing interpretive dance videos. They were. To, yes. to protest having to go back and do their freaking job. Now, how many young people who have been completely left behind by the only, uh, sad to say, but the only stable structure in their in their lives in a lot of cases, which was the school system, how many of those kids have wound up in jail or in the morgue because they had nowhere to go? I understand. I do. I'm trying to think of the timeline of when the information was coming out mm-hmm. because I knew there were some schools that wanted to stay open, but the threat of well, litigation, well, and they were going to get sued. It was this massive mess. You had some states where governors were threatening to withhold money. Yes. You either shut it down or you'll get no money. Correct. Period. Yeah. So depending on your situation, I would say 95%, I would agree with you. And the other thing is, you know, when a friend is rolling on something, usually I just lay back and let (laughs) him roll. I can't. Yeah, and there were so many people that I think would have spoken out, would have liked to have spoken out, but they did not have fear. Yeah, you had those people too. Yeah, that were just I can't I can't afford to lose my job right now. Well, yes, I mean I I don't disagree with you though, David. I don't. What, what's the clip that you played from Joe Rogan, Jamie, earlier in the week? Which easy, one? Easy times create soft men. Yep. Yeah, and that's what we saw. No, it I is exactly. One hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people cowered it yeah. down. Yeah. Okay, we'll switch total gears, in a way. Because those are the facts, and now it's an opinion piece. And this comes from Jeff Landry, who wrote, I deposed Dr. Fauci for seven hours. Here's what I learned about science. It's worth a read. We, I'm not going to read the entire piece, but I'll give you some highlights. He gets the part where he says, during no time in human history was this more obvious than during the COVID-19 crisis where social engineering tactics were used against the American public, not to limit your exposure to a virus, but to limit your exposure to information that did not fit with a government-sanctioned narrative. Throughout the pandemic, doctors, scientists, patients, and families were censored, shadow banned, blocked, and punished for having views, opinions, and research findings disfavored by the government and their chosen gatekeepers. Hard, fast truths that have become indisputable over time, ranging from the effectiveness of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to the potential dangers of remdesivir and the failures of the vaccine were labeled as disinformation and misinformation. This was done in collusion with social media companies, allowing the federal government and its senior officials to effectively silence legitimate debate in the modern public square. And just as George Washington warned in 1783, Dumb and silent, many of us were, quote, led like sheep to the slaughter. Still, the government's message remained clear. Trust the science and believe Dr. Fauci. And then it gets into the Fauci stuff. And how he says, a scientist is supposed to not believe anything. 
It's the role of a scientist to question, debate, refute, and demonstrate with evidence, not blindly accept ideas based on a set of beliefs. Yet over time, classical, evidence-based science has been taken by hyper-monetized and hyper-propagandized institutions still hiding behind the mask of what it used to be. And I, the clip I always think of is... You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. He believes he represents science itself. Has a long history of silencing dissent, neutralizing debate, and destroying the career of any scientist who disagrees with him. How? By ensuring their research is never funded, published, or taken seriously. Many a scientist over the past 50 years have been vilified, ridiculed, and sacrificed at his altar, or at this altar, of the Fauciism and the profits that come with it. And as a result, he has never been forced to debate or prove anything over his 54 years with the NIH. Yet he argues in the documentary Fauci, I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable to them. It's called the truth. Yeah. Remember okay. all that BS? Oh, yeah. Like, you got to remember, though, Fauci was not born. He was begotten. Oh, of course. There's, true. According to some people, there was a pre-existent Fauci. <laughs> He's always been here. Yes. It goes on to talk about how it intertwined with Facebook and Twitter. And so he said over the seven-hour deposition, what did Fauci have to say about the science he supposedly represents? What evidence did he have to support his unquestionable beliefs? From aggressive mask mandates to lockdowns? Why did he attempt to hide his work with Dr. Daszak and gain and function research and attempt to kill the highly likely lab leak theory? And if the mRNA vaccines his NIH actively developed over the past decade are so effective, why did the multi jabbed Fauci glare at the court reporter who happened to sneeze, then have her wear a mask because he didn't want to catch COVID? <laughs> Instead of providing us with answers, this supposed beacon of truth said, I don't recall 174 times. 174 times. All while evading questions, trying to run out the clock, and insisting he's a very busy man with his signature condescension. Yeah. Sooner or later, it's going to have to answer the questions. You know? Oh. And if not, there's one thing I just hold hope in. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Got to answer sometime, man. I hope he does sooner than later. All right, David, what's the story with the NHL goalie? Well, okay, so Montreal Canadiens, les habitants, uh, goaltender Carey Price uh, is in the crosshair, so to speak, because he had the gall to speak out against Justin Castro Trudeau's proposed gun ban. Oh, boy. The gun grab stuff, right? So he, so uh, on Instagram, he uh, expressed support for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights and criticized Justin Trudeau over the bill. He said, I love my family, I love my country, and I care for my neighbor. I am not a criminal or a threat to society. What Justin Trudeau is trying to do is unjust. I support the uh, CCFR. Uh, to keep my hunting tools. Thank you for listening to my opinion. That's what he said. Okay. Now, if you stay with me, dear leader, one, or dear uh, reader, one, dear leader, listen to me. Uh, see, I'm, I read about Justin Trudeau, and I think fascism. <laughs> we just and, talked about uh, Fauci. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, it, 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 so 
what also happened was this gun rights organization had created a post and it was what uh, used a uh, promotional code that was poly p-o-l-y now they say it it meant it was supposed to be a response to a gun control group's twitter account but what people believed they were referencing was a massacre in 1989 at Ecole Polytechnique. And so they thought, well, you're raising money off of a school shooting. That's what people thought. And then they connected that to Carey Price, because there are a lot of bedwetting liberals in Canada who apparently uh, just want to read too much into everything. And so now Carey Price is is like public enemy number one. (laughs) You can't. Sorry, man. Do you okay? Do you want a nice story now? Do you yes. want a story that I also have a story that could frustrate the crap out of you? Oh well, well, we're on that bandwagon right now, I suppose. Well, <laughs> Doesn't matter well, to me. Whatever you want to do. Well, you pick. You say you want to just go on with the frustration. Well, we've already. You, well, you tell me if this is frustrating or funny, okay. or maybe it's both. All right, go ahead. Okay, there's a prank going on right now. Yeah, it's kind of spreading around uh, the country. Who knows? Maybe into Canada. Um. There's a couple people that what they will do is surround a car with shopping carts and then film the reaction of the person when they come out to the car. (laughs) You actually think that's funny. That's kind of funny. I mean, you're not going to hurt anybody here, right? You're going to frustrate them. What if you're running late? You can't. Yeah, be, I guess you got to move some carts around. To, there's audio of one of these. Oh, okay. These two guys that did this. All right, roll that out if you would. He kept saying his manager Dave told him to do that. So I turned around, went back into the store looking for this Dave. She's like, "Who are you? You don't work here. You don't work here." And both of them kept saying, "Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We were hired this morning." These two individuals are known by the PD. We've had other incidents with them, and they've been trespassed from other properties. And they want to catch people saying ugly things. When I decided to take their picture, they were like, oh, we forgot to say cheese. I wish they would just go get a real job. Yeah, the manager in there told us to do it. Dave. So you think that's funny, Scott? When does Jackass 3 come out? Because <clears throat> that's perfect for it. If that happened to your car. Oh, I'd be, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's all I could picture. I would lose my mind. Yeah. Because usually you hate the pranks. I'm yes. surprised you found any joy in this I'd at all. I'd be shoving those carts across. The, yeah. What is this? That's what I hear in my head. Usually there's a car guy running around out there. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Oh, David. Story of a concealed carry holder in Chicago. You're going to love this story. Much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, one of your favorite sayings actually appeared in print again. Oh, yeah? It was hot air. Uh, the saying I'm talking about is, well, F around and find out. Yeah. The story starts, a trio of teens looking for victims to rob in Chicago wound up being victims themselves. This is officially a case of beep around and find out. Ah, that's a good one. 56-year-old man was in his vehicle. Um, this was in Lawndale just before 6 a.m. when a vehicle pulls up with three male teenagers. They approach. One of the teens 
uh, pointed a gun at the victim, demanded his belongings. Give me all your stuff. No. The teens, by the way, between 15 and 18. Um, now, the guy with the concealed carry, of course, he took his gun out and uh, said, no, mm-hmm. and I get my stuff. Yeah. How that ended up, um, well, one guy was shot in the head. He was taken uh, to the local hospital. He was last in critical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, they got in the car, tried to drive away. A second teen riding in the back seat broke his leg during the crash. <laughs> He's in the hospital in fair condition. And then a third teen was found several blocks away with a gunshot wound to the shoulder. Yeah. He was taken to the hospital. I love Seal carry holder, not, not injured. <laughs> that is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the writer said, I've seen a few of these in Chicago recently. There was another one. Um, a 23-year-old woman who was sitting in her car when another vehicle with four men pulled up. She had a concealed carry license. Four men got out of the car. One of them tried to open her door while flashing a gun. She shot him in the head and ran from her car then. Mm-hmm. So another of the would-be carjackers shot her in the left arm, but outside of that, she's okay. Yeah, a bunch of these. And then it goes through uh, what is happening in other towns. I mean, this, the FAFO movement it seems to be growing <laughs> every single day. I love it. Right. Yep. We're just going to call that FAFO. FAFO. FAFO shirts from Van Camp coming soon. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins, president in Arizona, but not not visiting the border. No need for that. More important stuff going on. Yeah. You know. Did he give a for instance or just say it? Well, no, it's because he's, gonna, he's cutting ribbons and whatnot at a, at a oh. manufacturing facility. And okay. This CHIPS Act, you know, we, we're manufacturing and all jobs. that stuff. Yeah. Not jobs. Not jobs. Correct yourself, sir. Good paying jobs. Good paying okay. union jobs. Thank you, David. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Biden jobs administration has launched an investigation into Elon Musk's company Neuralink. No. Did see that report. Gee, the timing. Yeah, how about it? Elon Musk and this free speech thing. Let's look into some of these companies like Neuralink. So I think they're saying, hey, do, do we do some stuff with animals there with Neuralink? What are they doing? Is this animal cruelty? Is this part of what's going on there? <laughs> I mean, they did. They put computer chips in monkeys' brains and like 90-some-odd percent of them died. Well, do you want humans to die? No. I also don't want Elon Musk to try to put a computer chip in my brain. I understand. I get that. Okay. What if uh, he was trying to cure cancer and he killed 98% of the monkeys? Would it be different? Uh, in that case, the, the monkeys had it coming. <laughs> Jeez. So it's sort of what he's after here. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to die in cutting-edge, dangerous research. They shouldn't have been monkeys. 
boy, oh boy, that is so. And don't do it. No, I know what a monkey sounds like. I'm kidding, of course. I, I know mean, you're I, kidding. I know you're gonna have some people. Big camp's anti monkey. I know. You want what? monkeys to die? The whole thing. I see this story, and of course, the timing of it with Elon Musk. You're like, okay, they're going after him. The administration. Mm-hmm. Okay, now as far as the way animals were treated, we'll see what comes out of it. But, you know, it's a little hard to take when we found out all this stuff with Fauci and the Beagles. And there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, outcry from the left on that. No. I mean, it would be probably cruel to do, but if you said, okay, for experimentation's sake, we're going to take either Beagles or monkeys, and 98% are going to die. What do Americans oh, vote on? Pick who who dies. Yes, you have to pick. Yeah. That's a terrible position to be put in, uh, but you got to pick. Unfortunately, it'd be monkeys every day. Yeah, yeah. I can't look at that little beagle face and the shrieking monkey. I can. <laughs> you can look at that shrieking monkey in the eye, but you can't. No. Golly. Well, the beagle's not going to hurl poo at you. But that's true. Might keep you up all night. Yeah. Well, my, a monkey might too. That's true. Yeah, you're going with this debate all day long. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> gotta let the monkey out. <laughs> I remember one time talking to my wife seriously about a pet monkey. It didn't get very far. No, were you serious? For a second, until I understood how much work we were oh talking about God. and the diapers and, then, and all that stuff. And then even if even if you get that monkey tamed, it can still rip your face off. Well, yeah, but you know, I think they get a bad rap. I thought I could get that monkey to be where, you, you know, if you had kids, they could ride on it like a pony, you know, like a pit bull. It's just a bad rap with the monkeys, okay? Yeah. It's all how you raise them, David. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. the owner, not the breed. Got yeah, it. Do you yeah. remember? Golly, man. I'm Now I'm, I'm way off on a No, no, I know here. where you're going here, I think. Do yeah, you no. remember it was last year yeah. in Oregon? There was a lady who owned a chimp, and we actually heard from people who knew this lady, and it, she was not a responsible chimp owner, okay? Okay. And apparently the, the chimp went chimp and started getting violent and whatnot, and so they called the cops, and this, like, sheriff's deputy shows up on the scene. He's got his rifle, and, you know, you hear somebody, oh, the lady who owned the chimp was yelling, do a headshot! <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, I do know. And so this guy, the body cam footage, it's like heartbreaking. But the guy, he's got the rifle and he's like, and I can't tell if he's prepping for the shot or if he's like, didn't expect to be killing a chimp this morning when I got up and put on the uniform. But here we are. And he did. It was a clean kill. I mean, man, oh, man. Yeah, that is off on a tangent. But yeah, now that you bring that up, I do remember that. Any other death of monkey stories you no, want to get no, to, Scott? No, I don't. I don't have any death of monkey stories. Okay, I've never wanted to own one because, uh, quite frankly, they, I'm afraid of them. <laughs> that they could turn on you. You never know. It's very too, very much human. Too much human for me. <laughs> well, you also spend a lot of time in music radio, and you realize that your job security yeah. is non-existent right. as soon as a monkey learns how to press <laughs> buttons. Oh my God! Well, plus the fact I've culturally that was uncalled for. I've culturally appropriated the monkey by calling it monkey buttons. <laughs> it's also true. 
Okay, we got to move on here. There's other stories that we got to get to. <laughs> no, we're not doing Shock the Monkey. <laughs> it was all for research. Okay, what is the story about the Colorado Attorney General claiming Starbucks could refuse to serve Mormons? Yeah, What's well, that all about? Mentioned this yesterday. The Supreme Court heard a case involving a Christian web designer who is suing for the right to refuse making a website for a gay wedding. Says, well, under current non-discrimination laws or anti-discrimination laws in the state of Colorado, if somebody came to me wanting to be a client and they wanted me to make a website for them or whatever for their ceremony that I have religious beliefs against, Mm -hmm. I should be allowed to do that. But under current law, I wouldn't be. So this is kind of a preemptive strike, so to speak, to, to try to... Uh, get that law at least curtailed a little bit to where you don't have the state forcing people to do things that are outside of their religious convictions. Um, And the left is just flailing around about this, uh, coming up with these bizarre comparisons. We heard Justice Corinne Jean-Pierre saying, well, this is like if I did photo shoots with A Wonderful Life and I told that, and I said only white people could do it. And it's like, do you hear yourself? You you went to college, right? (laughs) Like that, <laughs> you're talking about Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson. What did I say? <laughs> Kareem Jean Pierre. Oh my yeah. bad. That's all. Well, you're right. not the only one to forget her name. Yeah. Katanji, well, you saw her. You're right. Yeah. Katanji, whatever name. Yeah. Katanji, you saw her. Well, you saw her. Yeah, of course. Anyway, anyway, the Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser was on MSNBC, and uh, this is how that conversation went. Wiser, you say. (laughs) It's the slippery slope argument, right? If this happens, then what's the next domino to fall? There are 29 states, including Colorado, that have non-discrimination laws. What is the impact, if the court sides with Smith, what is the impact for, you know, makeup artists, hairstyle, you know, people in this sort of, consider themselves having expressive professions? What is the actual big implication here if this case doesn't go your way, as you see it? Well, first off, we're going to start having to figure out where to draw that line. If someone makes specialized lattes, do they have an expressive interest in saying, I'm sorry, I don't want to serve Mormons because I don't believe in the Mormon religion. That set of hypotheticals could become reality if we lose this case. Mm -hmm. Is there some sort of Mormon brew that I'm not aware of? (laughs) Well, it would be They don't want to be forced to make the Mormon brew? Yeah, I... It's a terrible they comparison. Cater, uh, too. Barn raisings. Well, you're you're also talking about people who are working as contractors versus somebody who is in the employ of another company. Yes, which is a totally that's a totally apples and oranges thing. Oh well, yeah, stupid. And I mean, there was actually a case. Uh, I forget the name of the uh, of the catering company in Virginia that just a few days ago caused a stir because they at the last minute, canceled a catering order for a conservative Christian group. Yeah. And they said, well, because they're anti-LGBTQ and whatever. And it's like, that's perfectly within their rights to do it because it's not like they refuse service in a brick-and-mortar location. I mean, this was they were hired to do a job to go out of their way to go do something for somebody. And if they say, well, we don't want to be associated with this group, that's totally within their rights. You can disagree with the decision if you want. Sure. That's fine. But but they don't like it when it goes the other way. No, they don't. No. They, <laughs> I like the way you put it. They flail around. They do. They do. And make no sense. No, they, they've got... I mean, really, the comparison that I would uh, say is, I mean, try to test this theory. Okay. Uh, go to a Muslim baker and tell him to make a cake with the image of Muhammad on it. 
Good luck. <laughs> yeah. That that baker should absolutely have the right to say yeah. no. Yes. And honestly, people agree with that. Yeah. Until it goes to Christianity. Right. And then it's like, well, it's white. And they freak out. Yeah, it's completely different. The whole thing with the the coffee, you'd have to work hard to get a worse comparison. Yeah. That's that's pretty bad. Okay. Moving on to other things. Um Michael Avenatti is getting 14 years in prison, uh, additionally to what he's already got, right? Yeah, so he's already yeah. got he's already serving like a five year prison term, um, and then he's getting 14 years on top of that for more fraud. Okay, and again, this is the guy that was held in such high regard from the left. Yes. Do you think the people say at Legacy Media? I mean, sometimes they hang, they're in the same sort of circles. They see one another, they have conversations that they talk about how embarrassed they are over the last several years about different picks that they've made or just awful takes. I mean, we remind each other of our awful takes yeah. all the time. Yeah. Do you think they ever do that? No, well, I, I think they look at it as, well, our heart was in the right place. Because we knew Trump was a bad guy or something, and so we had to elevate anybody we could. Remember CBS when I, I guess this was when he first got convicted of the first round of crime. CBS News actually had that roundtable discussion, or at least they brought it up momentarily. He had some very big financial problems. Uh, he had a big win in a lawsuit that then was reversed, uh, and so maybe needed some money and went about getting it the wrong way. Wrong way yeah. Yeah. And maybe we went about covering him the wrong way, in a way. I wouldn't say we. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't the say press. <laughs> Collectively. It's a big tent. Yes, it is. Yes, right. it is. So there was one slight moment of clarity there, and then the other anchor's like, well, no, now we. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you imagine if we all worked there? We'd be piling on all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Look at the field of Democrats right now, and Avenatti's the one who stands out. Yes. He stands out, does he? Yes, he does stand out. Yes. That's right up there with Scott Robbins' Roy Moore take. God, <laughs> see, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with my poor presidential picks, too, because... Scott Walker, I'm telling you right now, he's the guy. I know. I said I said all of that, right? I did. Chris Christie's my frontrunner. God, please. <laughs> That's why I hesitate with DeSantis. I'm afraid. Well, we bet that on guy. it. We bet on it. That's what makes it fun. God dang. All right. Got to get to a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Big runoff election in Georgia today. That's what oh, yeah. I keep hearing, yeah. The good reverend Raphael Warnock mm -hmm. against Herschel Walker. What? The good reverend. Yeah. Who, good who right ran reverend. over his wife's foot. Well, yeah, hey, everybody makes mistakes, huh? Yeah. And drew a massive salary while also evicting poor people. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Well, in fairness, I don't know if he was the one evicting them. It was the organization that he was drawing a massive salary from. Right. You know, I read a great piece um, 
talking about the difference between churches promoting political candidates. And this was Michael Brown, writer. He wrote a book called The Political Seduction of the Church, How Millions of Americans Have Confused Politics with the Gospel. And he was critical of white evangelicals in the book. But he recently wrote a piece that said, you know, I wrote about this, um, and I want to be blunt here before you read any further, um, because the very, because of various political and ideological divides, the great majority of white evangelicals vote Republican, while the great majority of black evangelicals vote Democrat. So you know what the focus of his book was, but he wanted to bring up um, black Christian leaders, you know, because mm-hmm. he was critical of some white Christian leaders. He wanted to take a look at this and said, by, so you know, skin color is not the issue. The issue is the merging of politics and the gospel as if they were one and the same. But with this notable and major difference, the same left-leaning media that bashes white evangelical Christian involvement in politics completely ignores or even celebrates black evangelical Christian involvement in politics and gives examples, which I'll play one in a second, um, and talked about, you know, some pastors saying that I don't have the clip of this, but talking about how could... You know, someone vote for Herschel Walker because of his alleged moral failures. And then he brings up, well, Pastor Warnock, who staunchly defends abortion and LGBTQ plus activist causes. Apparently there's no problem voting for him. Um, And the one preacher... We'll, do, we'll just play you one of these preachers in Georgia talking about... Oh, boy, hang knocking. on. Strap yourself in for this one. Oh, buddy. Joshua had to ask the people... What? Which side are you on? Which God are you going to serve? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Okay. Walker or Warnock. As for me at our house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to vote for Warnock. Is he under the impression that... You're voting for a god? It sort of sounds that you way. You got to kind of turn around there. <laughs> Who are you going to choose? You're going to choose God or you choose Raphael Warnock? I choose Warnock. Uh, forget it, he's rolling. We're going to work for Warnock. We're yeah. going to march for Warnock. We're going to pray for Warnock. We're going to vote for Warnock. We're going to send. Warnock to the Senate. The state of Georgia will be proud of who we are. Mm. And all of our friends will come to Georgia. It's our time, Bishop. Yes, it's our time because it's God's time. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. So the writer of this piece, he quoted someone else saying, it's time to put the kingdom over the government. What God is doing by sending this man, Warnock, to the U.S. Senate, he's putting a man there with a kingdom identity. Kingdom mentality, kingdom authority. To establish kingdom territory. Mm. I tried to get into it there. Not bad. Here's the question that Michael Brown brings up. Can you imagine the national outcry in a major publication like the failing New York Times or the Washington Post if a white evangelical had made these comments about a Republican candidate? Yeah. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day. Of course, we've got the runoff in Georgia uh, going on. Uh, Biden is in Arizona today, but he's not going to go to the border. Because <laughs> why would you? Why, why, why would you actually do that? I don't know. 
Because he doesn't see it as a problem. No. We got computer chips to go talk about or something. Yeah, and his buddy, the Dorcas, he said, man, the border's secure. He trusts Mayorkas. Yeah. It would be racist if he didn't. Yep. So he trusts him on that. So he's mm-hmm. not. no time for the border. You know that. Well, Kamala's the border czar, too. And she's still working on root causes. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being handled, okay? Do you have your big three of the day? Yeah, of course. Will you lead us with your three? Yes, I will! Yes. Next, right here, the trifecta. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Gen Xer. That's me, Jamie Markley. David Van Camp, he's the millennial. Very smart, intelligent millennial. Some say smarter than most. And then the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins, who a lot of people say sexier than your average boomer. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but thanks. Saw this story, uh, Daily Wire. And, you know, the talk about the military vaccine mandate it's been around for a while. People still scratching their head. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Well, according to a new report, House Democrats are going to defy President Biden by joining House Republicans to jettison the requirement for military service members to get the COVID uh, vaccine. What are they uh, going to do with everybody they booted already? Well, there's the catch. What happens? Nothing. Yeah. Well, shouldn't it? Well, shouldn't they be reinstated and back pay? What what they're going to pay maybe. What they're going to do is they're going to tell the Pentagon to figure out what the best practice would be. Which just sounds like a money laundering scheme to me, honestly. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't No, it's obvious the COVID vaccine mandate was not right. Uh reinstated, given an apology, given back pay, whatever benefits you've missed out on, you get made whole period the end we don't need some stupid committee or right. or a research firm to come in and and let us know what it, what should be obvious that's the thing man we we're talking about <laughs> getting their their benefits and their money back it should be more than that and a real apology we're sorry yeah goodness gracious but, you know, it's frustrating because Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin oppose repealing the Defense Department's vaccine mandate. Yeah. Then, Unreal. What was it? John Kirby said Secretary Austin's been very clear that he opposes the repeal of the vaccine mandate. And the president actually concurs with the Secretary of Defense. Why do you put actually in there? I mean, surprisingly, doesn't it? <laughs> continues to believe that all Americans, including those in the armed forces, should be vaccinated and boosted for COVID-19. Vaccines are saving lives, including our men and women in uniform. Is it? Do we know that? No. No. Then how do you just say it? Just did. Jeez, man. Well, it is interesting. And why do you think the House Democrats are going along with the House Republicans on this? I have my own idea in my own mind. Well, part part of it, I think, is because there are actually people who paid attention to what happened in the midterm elections. And even though it looks like, well, no, we know for a fact, at best, it'll be the 50-50 Senate and whatnot. 
but they looked at the data and they know that this country took a rightward shift. Yep. The problem is, is that in key areas, Republicans booted it. Period. True. Um, and so they recognize one of the reasons this happened was because of the COVID policies. Yes. You got to go back to your to your area and answer to people. Why haven't you repealed this? I mean, Biden doesn't have to answer to anybody. John Kirby, Lloyd Austin, they don't answer to anybody. I think you're right, David. They saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Better do something there. All right, Robin, you ready for your big yeah, three of the go, day? Yeah, let's go, man. Let's All rock right, and roll. Let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Oh, man. Scott Robbins, top three of the day. You can narrate this if you want. I don't want to. Hi, it's me, Casey. I get anxious because when I don't hear from three, him, I think three, maybe he's not here. Three. <laughs> I heard you. Three. Stop it. No, he's ready to get, get to it, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, number three, a Philadelphia gas station owner has hired armed security. And by armed, I mean armed. Talking armed. about carbines, ARs, pistols. Whoa. Yeah. They're armed. Neil Patel is the owner of a Careco gas station. Brought in Clearfield Streets in Philadelphia. He says, I went out and did some recruiting. He brought in some agents to protect his employees and his customers after this store had been ransacked, intimidated, cars stolen, and carjacked. He said, I'm done with it. Drug trafficking, gangs, tried to get the police involved. Didn't really help. He explained, I had to hire somebody. So he hired armed security. The armed security come with ARs and Kevlar vests, oh, by yeah. the way. They're ready to they're, roll, man. They're standing there every day. And you know what's going on in his place? What? Business is up. I bet. I bet it People is. feel I'm, like they can actually put gas in their car and not get shot. I mean, they, they got some menacing-looking dudes out there with the balaclavas oh, on and everything. Their hoodies yep. pulled up. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to try anything there. Some of the residents don't like it. Well, too bad. Guns. Well, what did they say? Well, they're saying, well, hey, you think these criminals are afraid of these guys? Yes, they are. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> I, you they are. And I'm saying to myself, well, I think they are. I agree. Yeah. yeah yes. I looked at the guy's picture and I was afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> this dude looks like, okay, I'm here to kill you. Wow, man. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Okay, but Robinson's this is third world country a... stuff. Let me just say that. Two, this. two, Yeah, two. okay, go ahead. <laughs> they do this in like third world country. Two, two. <laughs> number, number two. Yeah, <laughs> we got Casey over there going, don't bore us, get to the chorus. All right, God, number two. Gosh dang. <laughs> Washington Post. Wow. Dives into a study that says they spun the woke wheel and they said, you know what's racist? Shark Week on Discovery Channel. That's right. No. Pro-white male and anti-shark, <laughs> according to them. That's what Shark Week is. Researchers have said they've spoken. Discovery's programming overwhelmingly features a bunch of white guys as experts while emphasizing negative aspects about sharks. Bastards! So, uh, that's that. I don't know if a shark writer wrote this. I don't know who wrote this piece, but it's out there. And they say during their research, they found an overwhelming number of people that are white explaining the nature of white sharks.
okay, this isn't something where in a couple of days everybody is going to admit they were duped by something. This is a real piece. certainly possible, but the Washington Post uh, was allegedly dove into it, and this is what they've come up with. Wow. It's a bunch of white dudes. Somebody went on to say white dudes named Mike. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. Yeah, that was part of it. There's a disproportionate right. number, of number of white guys, guys named, named Mike. Mike. That was actually part of the study. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it could also be that a lot of people who have decided to go and swim with sharks and study sharks happen to be white guys. Now, I don't know why they might be mostly named Mike, but I mean, I... It's That's so a pretty funny. common name. <laughs> yeah. So the takeaway is that Shark Week is racist. Or just sharks. Yes. Both. Well, Shark Week is. Okay, Shark Week is that, Well, they're Not giving sharks. sharks a bad name, too. Okay. Got it. Holy cow. Now, on with the countdown. There's nothing else going on that's vitally important. One. One. So the Scott Robbins trifecta top three stories of the day. And yes, I guess we're... One. Number one, uh, you want to talk again about the Please Respect My Privacy Tour, continuing with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle with these... It's a two-part thing, I guess. It's a... Yeah, it's a two-part thing on Netflix. Yeah, Yeah. Netflix has done it. Apparently, they're not tanking enough. They want to tank more. Uh, One of the images that I've seen about this, about them being stalked by paparazzi... It's, it's a black and white picture, which looks ominous when you see it, of all these microphones and this crush of media. And they're supposed to be sandwiching Harry and Meghan, when actually this is a picture that was lifted from a Harry Potty, Potter movie premiere nine years ago. Harry Potty? Did I say that? No. Okay. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> okay. You could insert a joke there. But anyway, go ahead. They're, uh, selling, this is the second day in a row you've had. I know. They're selling how the people uh, in the press, when the photo was taken years before the couple even met. Mm-hmm. And another shot appears to be an ominous rooftop stalker taking stealth surveillance photos. This is all in the documentary. In fact, it was reported this was an official event, and the pictures came from approved, credited pool journalists, credited by Harry and Meghan. Wow. Very interesting. So the crush of media attention, one mm-hmm. of the one of the still pictures during this, too, is a picture of the media, and Harry's hand is up, like, guarding his face and his his bride's face, except it wasn't his bride. It was his girlfriend before Megan. Wow. So there's all sorts of uh, things to poke holes in during the, the documentary from two people who want to be just left alone. You're going to watch this, aren't you? I don't want to. You're definitely yes, going to watch you it. Yes, you do. But I say I will. I'm going to go ahead and admit I probably will. You're yeah. somewhat fascinated by I, it. I can't, well, I can't believe they get by with this stuff. They just constantly are harping about how awful it is to be multi-gazillionaires <laughs> living in exile in some mansion in California. Yes. And how awful their lives are because of paparazzi. And I, they do this stuff. I'll admit this. Usually it's like, I don't care. But if I do hear someone that's followed it and can name all the times they've lied about things yeah. to try to play victim, then I get sucked in. And I'm like, I, okay, this I, is kind of interesting. When I, saw, when, I saw the, when I saw the video of the crowd crushing, I thought it was weird it was in black and white. It wasn't originally. It was in color. But to make it more ominous and scary, yeah. they made it in black and white. You, you know what we need to do? What? We need to rig up a little recording device. And just let Scott mystery science theater this thing. Ugh. 
and just have his honest gut reactions and play them back on the show. And we'll edit them. Be that way you can say what you usually yes. say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that thing's going to last about 30 seconds if you edit that. I Mostly just it. beep. No, yeah. it, if you keep the beeps in, it'll still be lengthy. But you will. The way, I mean, dude, in the studio, when we're not on air, the mm-hmm. way you react to things on TV yeah. and you yell at it. Yeah. I mean, to not share that with the audience feels like well, some sort of. Uh, that they're like, being, what, cheated? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I've been told a million times we need to have cameras in here. No, I, don't <laughs> I, said, you don't wanna, I said you don't want to see that. I tell people that all the time. You do not want to see that. <laughs> Mark Lee's here shirtless most of the time. That's <laughs> not true either. No one wants to see that either. And there you have it. <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. Okay. Very good, Scott. Always appreciate the trifecta. All right. We still got Nimrods in the news to get to. Um, <laughs> by the way, one of the Nimrods today does include the Grinch and Rudolph. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they don't get together that often, but when they did this time, they didn't see eye to eye, really. (laughs) Polarity ensues. And a news update straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Well, we have an update on the uh, gun law in Oregon, which has been challenged in court, obviously. It's a very strict gun law that was narrowly passed by voters, like 50.4% or something like that. And part of the problem was that it sets up a strict new permitting process if you want to purchase a firearm. Um... So it's a permit to buy. And the problem was nobody knew who was supposed to be administering it. Is this Oregon State Police? Is this local police departments? Local police department is saying, okay, well, who does the required training and what does that training course look like? Now, Mm -hmm. the deadline to come into line with all of this would be uh, Thursday. And they're saying, well, there's no way we can actually get this done. The election was just held a month ago, so there's no way we can actually get this done. So a judge today, a federal judge today, has uh, kicked the can down the road for another couple or another month to get people uh, time to figure out the ins and outs of how this is going to work. However, the other parts of the law are actually in effect. You can still buy a gun in Oregon after Thursday if you don't have this permit to buy or permit to purchase. But uh, any magazines that are over... uh, 10-round capacity, that's going to be mm-hmm. banned. There's a lot of other things that are part of this that are uh, going into effect as the issue makes its way through the courts. Interesting. Okay, from entertainment news, before we get to Nimrods, I don't know if you heard about this or not. I happen to see part of uh, this podcast on YouTube, and it was Joe Rogan talking about The Rock and talking about weightlifting body sculpting, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. saying the rock should come clean because he tries to say it's, you know, natural the way he keeps his physique. said he should make a video in response to the liver king. Are you familiar with that guy? No. Who was supposed to be all natural, and then he got busted. He was 
total Reuter. Yeah. And then had to say, I bleeped up. I made a mistake. Okay, you, you, you lied to people for a long, long time. Did his liver give out? No, he just got caught with oh, an email talking about King, I thought, that's okay. what he referred to oh, himself okay. as. Anyway, he's saying the rock's been lying. This is Rogan saying the rock's, the rock's been lying. There's not an effing chance in hell he's clean. Not a chance. As big as he is at 50, he's so massive and he's so different than he was when he was 30. There's a responsibility you have to people who are listening to you. If you don't want to talk about it, that's one thing. But if you do talk about it, there's a responsibility you have to people listening to you. And I think you have to be honest about it, which is why I'm honest about it. And then he said, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking hormone replacement. So Rogan admits to that, but saying to The Rock, you need to be straight with people. Because a lot of people look up to you. Yeah. Waiting for The Rock to respond. Well, I just always assume these Whoever guys messes did it. with The Rock. <laughs> Joe Rogan. I just always assumed he was. Mm. Yeah. I mean. But he doesn't say that. No. All the so, steroid use, you see him in vitamins and whatnot. Yeah, with all the steroids and stuff, you see him in a speedo, and you realize his real name is the Pebble. And with that, Nimrod's in the news. When the going Pebbles gets plural. tough, damn it, this is too hard. <laughs> the dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrod's in the news. Boy, it happens every year. Something goes down at the old holiday work party. Yeah, company Christmas party, Northern Michigan. It went sideways the other night. Uh, somebody dressed up as the Grinch had too much to drink. Beat up Rudolph. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 30-year-old employee attacked another 30-year-old employee. They were both dressed up. Police say the Grinch was the aggressor and started throwing punches. The reindeer guy was just trying to defend himself. Alcohol involved. Grinch arrested. And then you had this story. Of this nurse, Michaela Crandall, Niceville, Florida. Okay. What did she do? Well, she was stealing Adderall from kids and replacing it with aspirin. She got caught. All the kids' medications were kept in a locked medicine cabinet. She'd allegedly go in, take some Adderall out, replace it with a leave or some sort of aspirin. Got busted. The kid, People are like, man, the kid's acting different. What's going on? The old nurse was taking their drugs. And that's Nimrod's in the news.